now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Big week for us here at uh, headquarters because uh, Captain Dennis, uh, he's the proud new owner of a newly refurbished engine, or overhauled engine, and his Mooney 201, and he has flown it several times already. And ready to give us the entire report. So I, I, I see you on the closed caption video there, Dennis, and it, I think you're glowing. And I'm gonna uh, just a, just a little bit. I'm gonna what? attribute that to, to your uh, flying because I don't want to think otherwise. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's it's all about the flying. I've been uh, quite literally on cloud nine since uh, the weekend. You know, as as we talked about last week, we were really hoping to get it in the air before yep. Halloween. And we succeeded. How about that? Yeah. yeah, he sent me his flight aware tracking info. Uh, and I, that was the signal. That's all I needed to know. Like, well, he's putting it out there. Greg, track me if you like. Or uh, basically the underlying uh, tone of his, uh, his text was suck it, loser. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much where I was going with that. And I yeah. think I made that even more clear when I sent you pictures of tacos from Arcadia on yes. Taco Tuesday just yes. to rub it in. You are evil. So, but so, uh, yes. but that's what you do when you you know good things happen to you you, you rub it into your friends and say uh, you know those those this moments could be you yeah yeah uh, this could be you you know you could be uh, telling your friends the same thing if you get in the cockpit and start flying uh, and so I accept your abuse and uh, with open arms and, and congratulate you I mean I like like I said I know this has been a long time coming. You've been grounded for like six months because of this process, but now you're back in the air. You're flying, so give us the first report as far as how the uh, how the plane feels. Does it feel any different with this newly overhauled engine from Pinnacle Aircraft Engines, or what? Well, the first thing I noticed, even on the first engine start, was it did seem smoother. I mean, Pinnacle obviously went way over the top. You know, they're they're blueprinting that they do or however they they set them up they really try to get the internals of that airplane engine balanced really well so that was probably you know contribute to it plus mm-hmm. the having the propeller gone through and just everything is new from the firewall forward so yeah. you know nothing's old nothing's worn out nothing's tired everything is is neat tidy and clean so you know it felt good started up really nice uh you know took it out for you know basically the first hour of doing nothing but circling my airport at 3000 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so when you, you say, uh, so smooth in the sense that there's less vibration it, or it, it sounds different like or what? Well, the sound wasn't really any different. You got noise canceling headsets on. So right. you know, that part didn't seem really a lot different, but it, it's hard to say it's been seven months. I, it's hard to remember what it felt like last time, but mm-hmm. it did seem smoother. Yeah, And, you know, the initial takeoff roll, I didn't think I was like pushed back in the seat anymore. But when I talked to my son, Austin, he showed me the video afterward. He said, it sure seems like it's got a lot more steam than it used to. Yeah. And then when I looked back and saw where we took off, 
we were we're definitely off the ground a lot shorter than we used to. So this engine is clearly putting out a lot more power than I was used to. Well, there you go. So it's All nice. Right. I bet you just feel it. it and uh, that's what I'm saying. It's more of a vibe you're getting, you know, because it's, you know, it's like driving a new car, I guess. It's the same kind of vibe thing, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's still an old, familiar feeling. You know, the old girl still feels good. But, you know, knowing that everything is cl- new up front, I'm not going to have any issues with the engine and just, you know, feeling that that extra power and then being, you know, being forced to ride it really hard. You know, normally I wouldn't be flying at 25 inches of manifold pressure at a thousand feet, but hey, that's what they told me I have to do. So mm-hmm. we're doing 155, 160 knots at a thousand feet. That's kind of fun. That would be especially a, when you're circling the neighborhood and the neighbors are looking up and watching you. And, hey, I uh, see so you're testing it out, huh? Right. Did you have a crowd there in the air park around but Fort Myers a, or no? A couple of neighbors came yeah. out to the taxiway to watch. Others were, you know, watching as, oh, I see you must have flown. I saw, you know, white airplanes circling overhead. Congratulations. And a lot of people are stopping in to check it out now that it's all done. And yeah. Yeah, happy to see it back in the air instead of just taking up space in the corner of the hangar. Right. Well, let's work through some of the processes that you uh, had to go through uh, taking this thing back up in the air for the first time and sometime once you got it all put back together. First off, um, you know, I mean, what was the first flight like? Uh, a little bit of on edge, you know. It's, yeah. You, you don't know. It's that brand new engine. What if? That's all going through your head. So I wanted to make sure that I was taking off on the runway that takes me out over the open field and not over the trees. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, the neighbors sure that were watching were probably uh, kind of, you know, in, in NASCAR <laughs> fan mode, passing, weren't they? <laughs> uh, passing bills around. Okay, I got 20 yeah. on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm guessing. But uh, so that's in the back of your mind that, hey, you got to definitely be on your toes just in case something pops up un- unsuspected just because it's new. <laughs> And everything, but it's right? also an unreason. Uh, it's an unreasonable thought too, because you know that the guys at Pinnacle went through everything, and we tested at the dyno. We knew the engine ran, so mm-hmm. you know, really, I shouldn't have any concerns. But always in the back of your mind, you're always thinking the what ifs, you know. Right. Uh, but we, you know, we had it was a lot of work to get up to that point. Uh, you know, the airplane had been sitting since March. So the annual was expired. So now I'm, you know, scrambling to find a mechanic to do an annual in addition to getting, you know, the engine signed off. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of, lot of work, a lot of moving pieces and everything just quite literally came together in like the last two weeks. You know, the engine shows up on site, we get it installed. We're, you know, chasing down, you know, a couple missing hoses here, a couple cables there, you know, just getting the little things done. Yeah, And then it's, you know, it's finally ready to go. And the mechanic shows up, you know, two days later, he was able to work me into his schedule. We had uh, jacks uh, brought over from one of the neighbor's hangers to uh, lift the airplane up to do the gear swing and things like that. that You have to do as part of the annual. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, hey, you're good to go. Here's your sign off Saturday, right after the airtime. I got the got the official sign off from the mechanic that you're all your your annuals done. About you're that. free to fly. Well, so the when the uh, me- mechanic's looking over all that stuff, does he have he doesn't have to fly in it or start it up and uh, do a run up or anything or no? No, we uh, we did all that between Thursday and Saturday of last week. So yeah. he came over, he checked over the engine install to see where I was at with everything, and we pulled it out and ran it in front of the house. 
Uh, he went in and made a bunch of adjustments to make sure that the the idle was set right, so we weren't idling too slow. Made sure the mixture was set. Did did a lot of little tweaks and fine tuning. But as far mm-hmm. as the actual engine installation, he was very happy with the work that we had done ourselves. Yeah. But he did put a wrench to everything and double checked and triple checked to make sure, and found no flaws with the work that we did. So. A bunch of monkeys in the in the air park that don't have AMPs uh, were capable of uh, of putting it back together, uh, and uh, you know, pretty happy with that. I learned a ton oh, about sure. aircraft maintenance, and I think that you know, if you have the time and the capability, inclination, I think you should do the same thing. You know, if you own an airplane, it's it's in your best interest to do the wrenching on it because you understand what's going on and what it takes to maintain it. You're able to ask better questions to the mechanics. And when you have problems, you have a better idea how to troubleshoot it before, you know, calling up going, hey, it's doing this. Right. You know? Well, that makes sense. But that first flight, so you, you taxi out to the runway from your air park, and uh, you got to go and do a run-up, or do you do that uh, yep. before you even get out there? Nope. I went and did a run-up at the end just like normal just mm-hmm. to make sure everything was good. Um, but I didn't want to take too much time because they warn you, you know, don't, don't spend a bunch of time at low power. You want to get that engine running hard. Uh, so that you get those rings to seat. We don't want to have any glazing on the cylinders, as they call it, from extended idling or low power. We want to get out there and push it hard. So You want to break it you know, in. You got to break yep. in that engine, which is exactly. always a misnomer to me. It's like, it doesn't seem like you would want to break anything, but uh, but that's what you got to do on these things, right? Yeah, you do, because everything is is new. I mean, you've got rings that are installed on the pistons that are inside those cylinders and they have to rub hard to fit tight and keep the oil and combustion gases in place. All right. So he was pushing his uh, Mooney 201 uh, to the limits and we'll, uh, we'll pick up this conversation and story next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. 
Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I was the youngest pilot in Pan Am history. When I was four, the pilot let me ride in the cockpit and fly the plane with him. And I was four, and I was great. And I would have landed it, but my dad wanted us to go back to our seats. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis, with his newly refurbished or overhauled engine in his Mooney 201, thanks to Pinnacle Aircraft Engines. Check them out uh, online. They did good work for Dennis. He's happy. He's glowing. He's uh, because he's flying his airplane finally again. Now, the first flight after you uh, got signed off from the mechanic you did your run-up. You said you kept it short because they want you to just run this thing like full open for a while to get everything to seal properly. Break it in, right? That's right. And, and so, so you did just that and uh, just stayed in the pattern 
Or what did you do exactly? That's exactly what I did. The plan was, and and I called Fort Myers Approach, since they control the airspace right over our house. Um, I called them up and I said, hey, here's what we're doing. We have a brand new engine that's going out for its first flight. And I'd like to get up to 3,000 feet, but the ceiling is only 1,200 feet for your airspace. So I need to to get up to three. Can you work with me? I'll stay away from the center line of the runway at, at Fort Myers International. Uh, and just kind of work to the north and the east if I can circle at three. They said, yeah, I think we can do that. Uh, just make sure you don't cross the center line. And I only had to watch for one airliner taking off in that hour. But yeah. yeah I, now, why did you I, have to stay up uh, at 3,000 feet? Well, because I have more time to glide back down. Okay. That's what, well, that's what I was just <laughs> checking. That's what it yeah. was. Okay. There was a lot do. of thought process mm-hmm. in this flight. You know, I put the coals to it and, you know, Took off, got the gear sucked up as fast as I could, got the flaps cleaned up, and I left the power wide open until I got to 600 feet before I touched anything. Because, you know, they say that if something's going to happen to the engine, it's going to happen when you change a power setting or something. So at 600 Hmm. feet, I was pretty sure I could make back one of the two runways or something. But, you know, again, it was an unfounded fear. It was an irrational concern, but I'm overthinking it. I'd rather be prepared and, you know, have an idea instead of, Oh crap! Now what do I do? Right, but uh, yeah, we just basically turned left and went fast. Felt like NASCAR. Uh, I was up there for an hour doing about 155 to 160 knots true airspeed at wow. 3,000 feet right over the house. Hmm. And, and uh, so, so the tower there at Fort Myers, they were they were pretty uh, cooperative. They didn't give you much crap about they it. They were very accommodating. Okay. Yeah, they they only had to call out two other airplanes to me and advise me at a sun country or not a sun country, a Southwest uh, 737 that was just departing and he was going to pass off my right wing and mm-hmm. you know, pretty easy to see a, a 737. And I was already turning to parallel our runway. So it was going to be no factor for him. Right. So you just stayed in the pattern there for an hour, just going yep. round and round and round. Boring, right? Well, it but sounds still like exciting. It, yeah. But, uh, oh, but yeah, but that you got to do that for how long? I mean, an hour well, for that flight, and then how many flights have you had since? Uh, I'm up to, I think, three flights now. So yeah. I did that hour uh, of flying it hard, and mm-hmm. then went back up the next day uh, doing an hour of you know wide open, then slowing it up to like 65%, then going back up again, alternating the power settings a little bit. Yeah. Uh, did that for another hour. But this time it's like, okay, the first five laps around the airport, I'm getting bored. So I decided to take a little jump down to the next airport over a little town called LaBelle. And all the way along LaBelle, there's a couple little grass strips and a four lane divided highway. So I had options. I figured I'll just, you know, stretch the legs a little bit, see how she does on a little, a little cross country, you know, 20 miles away and mm-hmm. went and circled their pattern a couple of times, came back, circled a couple more, landed uneventfully. Okay. You know? So and you just mixed along, it up a little bit. Right. Exactly. And then all along, you know, I'm, I'm monitoring things like the engine temperatures to see what's going on. I was warned the cylinder temps were going to be very high. Uh, I had tried to keep the cowl flaps open, but unfortunately at 150 knots, it starts to cause a lot of vibration having those cowl flaps, you know, open. So closing it up, all of a sudden the airplane's just as smooth as can be and like, okay. And the oil, the, the temps didn't go too out of whack on the, on the cylinder heads. So we went with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why so did you want to have the cowl flaps open? Additional air um, oh, moving through the cowl okay. to help keep the temperatures down because mm-hmm. we were going to be running it hard right. and fast. Yeah. So and with the new engine, everything's extremely tight. You got a lot more friction. Mm-hmm. So the, the cylinder heads tend to run very hot for the first, you know, five to 10 hours until those rings really kind of seat. 
and then things start to kind of get back to normal. But we're staying under 400 degrees for the most part on the cylinder heads. You know, a couple of times it was peaking up over a couple of degrees, but for the most part, we're staying about 395 on the hottest cylinder, mm-hmm. and the others are around 350 to 370. So okay, and that's it's not uh, terrible. Those are good numbers, I assume. They're, they're good for a brand new engine. Um, I'd like to see them a little cooler, and you know, maybe some of that's going to take some work on my part too, because all of the baffling has been replaced in the engine, so. We got to go through and make sure we've got all of the little air leaks and sealed up in there to make sure that the air is going where it's supposed to and not being lost around baffles or through holes in the, uh, you know, in the sheet metal and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's going to be a project for the next few weeks here just to kind of get things dialed in. Well, how are you going to troubleshoot that? How do you figure that out where the airflow Uh, is going? Well, a lot of it's just take a look inside. You know, you see how the the little rubber baffles that sit on top that rub against the cowl, yeah. they they form a seal. Well, you can take your flashlight and go look inside and see if you've got puckers. And that could be a spot where air is sneaking around the back instead of being forced through the cylinders. Mm-hmm. So we'll go in and take a look and see, is there something we can do to make that baffle lay down better? Maybe we have to uh, put some silicone sealant in a corner because maybe there's a gap that's there. So you put some uh, RTV silicone in there to help keep the air, you know, going where you want it. So right. the easy way out. So that one cylinder that's slightly higher than the other four or other three, you're thinking maybe you got to look at that airflow over that one. It might, but also that's going to be your hardest one to keep cool. in the, anyway, it's the number three, it's yeah. the rearmost on the passenger side. It's the farthest back. And so it's got all of the heat going through and so that that's one's always a challenge. It's always runs hotter. So mm-hmm. but it doesn't surprise me. Okay. So you're going to have to go through these uh, break-in flights for what, five to 10 hours? Is that what you were alluding to or longer? Well, um, according to JD at Pinnacle, we only need to do the first two flights are really true break-ins. And then after that, you just get out and go fly the plane. Yeah. So that's what we did. We I took my daughter and we flew to Taco Tuesday right. in Arcadia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's a half hour, you know, each way by the time you start up a taxi out. So we got a nice little hour flight and went somewhere and did something. We flew it hard. We didn't baby it on the way up there. We want to make sure we're working the engine, but we did something useful this time. There so, you go. Eat or go to a place where you could eat. Yeah. Well, and it, it made sense. It was kind of a bookend of this whole process because you and I, the last flight we did in that airplane was to Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So now the first official non-test flight was to go back to Taco Tuesday. Of course. And now you a, have to come back because right. it's now not just Taco Tuesday. It's tacos, barbecue, and lemonade. How about <laughs> They've that? They've added a couple extra food carts there now. They've diversified uh, Taco Tuesday. Okay. Well, it's gotten so busy between the locals coming out for lunch and the pilots flying in that the taco people can't keep up. And mm. so they're they're putting more food vendors so you can eat quicker. Ah, oh, I like the sound of that. And you're making me hungry to boot. All right, so we'll uh, we'll work on that and talk a little bit more about uh, Captain Dennis and his new engine next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. 
There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. 
you graduated at the top of your class with honors and were enrolled in pilot school. But then your mommy got sick and you had to take other jobs to make ends meet. I mean, it must have been really hard being up there slinging V8 juice when you should have been captain of the ship. What is this? Somebody enrolled somebody back into pilot school. So what do you say we quit that dead-end job you're in and put your mommy in a real nice home, something with 24-hour care on me, and not one of them Bangham and Binham joints, something really nice. It would be nice to go back to pilot school. <laughs> This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We're talking about his airplane, a Mooney 201, with its newly overhauled engine from Pinnacle Aircraft Engines. They obviously did a fine job because his plane has flown several times already and has not come back to Earth, uh, well, uh, accidentally. <laughs> he, he just guided it gently back, and everything's worked like a charm so far. So, obviously, they did a good job. Dennis seems very happy with how his uh, plane has been performing so far. His stomach has thanked him because of his visit to Taco Tuesday. And, and, and by the way, did you get in line for the tacos, or did you try out the new barbecue they had in Arcadia? You know, I, I went for the tacos because that was the whole point of Taco Tuesday, yeah. you know. I didn't want to go get barbecue Tuesday or something like that, you know. Yeah, so that's uh yeah, it doesn't really turn into Taco Tuesday if you don't get tacos. But I but guess we did check out the other vendor though. They had a smashed lemonade stand yeah. over there where they make it right in front of you. They take the lemon and, you know, quarter it up and then they've got some sort of a little press thing that smashes it all up in your mm. cup and then they add all the stuff and make it fresh right in front of you. That was pretty neat and tasted delicious. Sure. What was a good compliment to the taco. Well, there you go. And like I said, and that thing has become so busy when we went there. I mean, they were lined up. So is that was that the what you encountered when you flew out there this uh, past week? Are, are you talking about the lines at the food stand or the yeah. line at the runway? Because you're right either way. Well, both. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. They got cheap gas on Tuesday. What is it? Ten cents cheaper that day? Yeah, in Arcadia? You, I think it's ten cents a gallon discount. But uh, there was five airplanes all trying to get out. I was trying to come in. There was two ahead of me, mm-hmm. and then uh, of course. Uh, one Skylane pilot that decides he doesn't want to wait in line and goes and takes the grass runway and cuts everybody off. So thank you. Oh, You're a jerk. Okay. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> get in line with the rest of them instead of just because you can take off on the grass doesn't mean you should. Uh, yeah. You know? Okay. Because he didn't even want to wait for I barely cleared that runway and he was already rolling. So really, really inappropriate. Mm. Well, it happens when you bring so many aviators together. You got a key. You got to stand your toes. A little bit. Yeah, uh, I almost regard. keyed up and like, hey, uh, Skylane, uh, get got a pen? I need you to copy a number. <laughs> Give mm-hmm. me a call when you land. Well, it, but, uh, it is what it is. But yeah, you know. more important more important than to go get that taco. Exactly. And it's hard to say what's more of the draw, the tacos or the cheaper gas. What do you think? Because well, it was pretty equal, I think, when we yeah, went that day. Uh, us pilots, uh, we tend to be rather frugal, but for weird reasons. We will go fly out of our way to save 10 cents a gallon on gas. Right. Which because, is kind hey, of a big deal right now. Anyway. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Well, it was still only four and a half dollars a gallon. And when I filled up my daughter's uh, car the other day, diesel was over three and a half. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, well, there's, uh, it's not out of line. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you got to gas up your plane and yourself sometimes. And Taco Tuesday in Acar- uh, Arcadia, uh, Florida is a perfect example. And, you know, they haven't gotten like the the best FBO in the country for nothing. I mean, they they got that award last year, didn't they? Or was it the year uh, before? Yeah, I believe it was uh, 2020 or 2019. They were the number one GA uh, airport in Florida. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's a great, they got a nice little facility there. They got camping. They've mm-hmm. got a little picnic pavilion. Obviously, they've got the food trucks on Tuesdays. Yeah. They've got a fleet of bikes that you can borrow to go uh, ride into town if you want to go run some errands. I mean, I joked with my wife, I think it's faster to go take the airplane to Arcadia and ride the bike to go get something at Harbor Freight than it is to drive through Fort Myers traffic to the nearest store. Well, okay, there's that. That's an excuse. You're right. And, you know, but the thing is, it it is a nice little park area that they've set up around the the, uh, FBO there. I thought I I was very impressed with just, you know, it's just a cool little hangout, like going to a little park. You know, and then you get yeah. the food food trucks gives you another excuse to fly, and then of course you see all the other, you know, pilots, and you can, uh, you know, swap stories with them if you like. Everybody's very friendly. It's it's a cool little place. So yeah, we're uh, walking back into the FBO building uh, to go back out to the airplane, and I was stopped as I walked through. I was like, "Hey, uh, are you the guy that flew in in the blue and white Mooney?" And I'm like, "Uh, why?" Yeah. Oh, nice. nice Do I owe you money? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Did I cut you off? Uh Uh, No. Uh, Turns out he also owns a Mooney. Uh Uh, He has a little bit newer one, a Mooney Ovation. So he's got the the little bit faster, a little bit bigger airplane. But uh, unfortunately, his just went into annual. So he Mm -hmm. had to drive out to Arcadia. Uh, And then as I'm walking out to the plane, we had another Mooney 201 pull up right next to us in park. So they just got out. They, they flew in. I think one was from Sarasota. The other one was from uh, like St. Petersburg or something like that. Right. So we got to talk and they just put a new engine in their airplane too. So we were swapping horror stories. Uh, so and, the uh, Mooney, uh, Mooney acts were out in force there yeah, at Arcadia. And, and then there was another, uh, I think it was an ovation or something like that, uh, that was parked, you know, getting gas. So there was like four Moonies and owners, uh, representing. So yeah, Mooniacs are out in force. It was there awesome. you go. Well, good. It sounds like you had a great outing and, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. Socializing when you have your aircraft back up in the skies. Now, after you've done these, uh, initial runs, that was the longest flight you've done so far was to taco Tuesday, like a mini cross country, I assume. Right. So the plan is to do even longer ones because that, I mean, you know, Captain Keith from Flight Training Professionals was saying their uh, protocol when they get a new engine they need to break in is they send their crew out and have them do as long across countries as they can uh, set up. They think that's a good way to get those pistons to, to I don't know, lock in, I guess. Is that yep, yeah. right? And that's exactly what I intend to do. Uh, but I do want to get a couple more proving flights under my belt. And then, you know, when I'm really confident that I got all the little quirks uh, worked out of it, uh, then then I'll go stretch my legs. You know, coming back from Taco Tuesday, I was uh, getting the airspeed was up about 145, 150 knots coming back. And I started to feel a little bit of a vibration. So I had to slow the plane down. So something's rubbing. And I think I may have figured it out, but uh, we're going to have the mechanic out here uh with bringing my aircraft logs and stuff back. So I'm going to have him take a look at the little fix I did and see if he agrees that it's just the uh, tailpipe rubbing on a cowl flap or something. Right. You sure it had nothing to do with your digestive system after taco Tuesday? No, no, that would have been a bigger vibration. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) 
No doubt about it. But uh, yeah. but yeah, those kind of things can happen at any time. But you think you found, uh, you've troubleshooted that one possibly. Yeah, I went to close the cowl flaps on the ground and it's like, hey, this doesn't want to go in really easy. And I take a look and here the tailpipe is literally touching the side of the cowl flap. And mm-hmm. the tailpipe swivels. It's got like a little uh, flexible bushing that it sits in so it can, you know, can bounce around a little bit. Right. And so it probably wobbled a little bit to the side. And I think that once you get the airspeed up that high, the tailpipe was kind of like vibrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put a clamp on it and secured it to the uh, underside of the airplane a little bit differently now. And uh, it's now centered in the middle of the cowl flap instead of being allowed to shift at all. So we'll right. see if that takes care of it. Uh, what what about the uh, what about the um, uh, mileage? What, have you done any tracking on uh, on your fuel burn? Like, are you seeing any uh, difference in that? compared to before the uh, overhaul? So right now, it doesn't make any sense to track that because I'm not even adjusting the mixture. I want to try to keep those cylinder head temps down. So we're running full rich, wide open and full rich. So it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But we are actually able to record how much fuel we're burning for the first time ever. One of the things that uh, JD at Pinnacle did for me when he did the overhaul was he was able to finally uh, install a fuel flow transducer in the engine. So now... My engine monitor can see not just the temperatures, but also how many gallons per hour are going in. So now I got a better idea of you know what the fuel flow is and how to lean it properly, and yeah, it and it all shows up on those digital reports you download. So it's well, awesome. there you go. So it's just a matter of time before Dennis finds out for sure that he is maximizing his fuel burn. All right, more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Talk about soaring like a bird. What? Because we're as high as a bird, we're going twice as fast. Hey, do me a favor, take the controls for a second, will you? <laughs> <laughs> This is Just Plain Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis, who might be flying around in circles uh, for a little bit more as he breaks in the engine of his newly overhauled Mooney 201. But uh, I don't know. You're you're on a mission to just do some long cross country. So yeah, I think you're out of the pattern now. That's safe to say in that process, right? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be heading on a trip back to Minnesota anytime soon with it. You know, I want to get a couple more flights before I do a long one like that. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, now that everything's, you know, working and reliable, uh, I'm going to start trying to take advantage of things like the old farts fly-ins. Excuse uh, me? The old, yes, the old farts flying club here in Florida. Yeah, you don't have to be an old fart. Well, are you supposed I, to go to Taco Tuesday before you do this? Well, that happens afterward. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what uh, I was saying. You gas up for Taco Tuesday, and then you go join uh, the, the folks. Old farts. At, the old farts. Interesting. I, I, I'm not aware of this. So no, the, uh, the Old Farts Flying Club has actually been around for a number of years. It's just a very informal group of people, and uh, the guy Roger that runs that, it, it's he's now back in Florida for the season because apparently he snowbirds down here. So yeah. he's organizing flyouts to different airports across the state, and it's you know kind of one of those things. Show up between like eight and two for breakfast or lunch whenever you can, and mm-hmm. they post pictures online, and everybody gets together and. There is no age limit. the The oldest old fart, I think, is is like seventeen, and uh, and huh. they go up from there. So, so they all just, get together, fly into a airport in Florida, and say, "Here, pull my finger once you get there," kind of thing. Or, you know, if that's what you want to do, Greg, go right ahead. <laughs> I've I, I've never been. You'll have to give us a full report, I guess, after your next old fart fly in. Interesting. What about uh, flying yeah. into Everglade City? Because they're going to shut down that uh, runway, right? That's what I'm going to try to get done here. November 16th, that airport's going to shut down for about six months for an extensive overhaul. So oh, I'm going boy. to get my butt down there, go get some stone crabs, right. uh, suck it, loser, that whole thing. I'm going to go knock that out for you, Greg. Yeah. I was going to say that. I mean, that's been uh, something we were planning to do right away. And then all of a sudden they announced they're going to close down the, the airport for a while. There's other airports nearby or close enough where we can still do the Florida stone crab thing. But that was kind of a shocker. Did you know that was coming? Or no, that was a surprise to me. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't find out about it until I got an old farts announcement that they are, <laughs> they were using that as one of their venues. So it's like, okay, well, hey, it's better than the Notum system. So they're updating the runway or something, and it's going to shut down Everglade City for like six months or something. Is that right? It is a complete pavement uh, restoration. They're going to hmm. hopefully, I hope they're going to lengthen it because that runway is only like twenty four hundred feet long. So yeah. you know, if they can squeeze a couple more feet out of it, but also I've heard that the pavement's kind of rough shape, so it's probably overdue. Yeah, but I'll find out firsthand. And I'll report back. Maybe they're gonna, you know, uh, re-asphalt it with uh, Florida stone crab claw bits and pieces, <laughs> you know, that people have broken, and they put that uh, those shells 
uh, to hey, good work, make it into some kind of aggregate. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. It could be a thing. But yeah, the Florida stone crab, uh, they're out there and they're available right now. So we got to go and uh, figure out a way to score some of them. All right. So a few other little news nuggets that we should uh, navigate through before we wrap things up today include some news about, well, uh, what the lack of Avgas or a modification on Avgas. What, what is this? Well, a couple of weeks ago, we reported uh, that GAMI had received an STC for an unleaded 100 octane fuel. Well, Cessna has now come out and formally announced approval for all of their new aircraft, all of the new you know Cessnas that have been produced since the, the 90s when they restarted production. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're allowing them to be run on 100 UL, 94 UL, um, and some other fuels with if you follow this uh, service bulletin, which basically means you know putting some new placards and a few things on the plane. Uh, so this is great because there's a lot of push out there to remove lead from general aviation because we are now, I think, the only leaded fuel left in the world. Mm-hmm. So, so it's going away eventually. Yeah. It, it, there's only one company that makes the tetra, tetraethyl lead additive. And if they decide that it's no longer economical for them, all of a sudden we're going to have a fleet of grounded airplanes. So we sure. better figure something out. So I'm, I'm excited to see this and kind of curious what's going to wind up happening. Uh, GAMI's pushing out STCs for individual airframes and engines. And in this case, Cessna went out and pushed it for their entire fleet. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is they approved it also for a lot of their older planes. I saw that like the Cessna Cardinal, which has basically the same exact engine that my Mooney has is approved to fly on this fuel. So, you know, maybe I'll either get an STC from GAMI or maybe Mooney will come out with an approval like this somehow, but that would open up, you know, other options for an unleaded fuel, which now with a new engine, not having to have lead in it would help keep it cleaner, extend oil changes, lots of things like that. So mm-hmm. it could be a very interesting time. We're at well, a, no we're doubt. definitely at a, at a, at a turning point in the industry. Yeah. But uh, is it uh, the manufacturer or is it the FAA that approves what the manufacturer says. Uh, how's that work exactly? I thought it was the FAA said, okay, Cessna, you think you can run? And then they got to put in paperwork and say, look, our engines can handle this fuel and it's okay, FAA, and it's approve a, it? It is a combination of that. So yeah. Cessna came came out and said, no, we've, we've tested it. These are perfectly fine. Or they've gone back to the engine manufacturer who, you know, and their fuel, what's allowed, and they just update their operator's manual to say these are the approved fuels. Because mm-hmm. if you ever look in your owner's manual, yeah, you'll see that there's placards and this aircraft certified for 100 UL or 90 octane, you know, whatever it is. Right. So they have to update their manuals, and they did that by way of a service bulletin. Okay. So, and when you say placards, you don't mean that they got you actually have to put a new placard on, like on your your fu- uh, fuel intake or anything. Yeah. You do have to put a little placard on there? If you want to do this to comply with it, you'll need a new sticker around your fuel tank that lists the fuels that are authorized. And they show a picture of it. Mm -hmm. You know, not a big deal. We're talking a couple dollars. You know, heck, you could use a label maker if you needed to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, okay. But that's good that they're doing it. They're they're trying to get ahead of the curve, I guess, before this is, uh, like you said, phased out totally so that is good news uh some other things uh in the news include what that we need to navigate through there dennis well i thought this one was interesting the faa has actually got a design competition going on right now um they are soliciting designs for future air traffic control towers 
uh, they're they're pointing out that there's over a hundred towers that are at smaller regional type airports and municipal airports that are going to be in need of replacement in the near future, and they're looking at how can we economically design you know kind of like a, a one one design for all that is not just aesthetically pleasing but also environmentally friendly you know uses less energy uh, and also is easy and quick to build so. Mm-hmm. This could be, you know, you could start seeing these new towers cropping up across the country, uh, you know, in the near future, and they're all going to be built off this new design blueprint. So, um, you know, they're they're looking for architects and designers and construction firms to be able to build the tower of the future. How about that? So they've just put out the announcement. Is it a contest that if we pick yours, you get some kind of a special or reward, like free flights on Southwest or something? Or well, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. But I mean, clearly, there's going to be you know the the long term contract is going to be quite lucrative. You know, to design and you know do with the blueprints and whatever else that goes with uh, designing a building for a hundred locations. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's good work if you can get it. And you sure. know, once you lay out the basic. You know, obviously replicating that isn't a lot of incremental work and could be really lucrative for for the right design firm. Well, maybe they could uh, create one of those uh, quick pop-up home type things, you know, like the little boxes and they're like all modular and they pack up like a a Ikea furniture. See, I had the same kind of idea because when they're building bridges nowadays, they're doing, they're making these little modules. They assemble them off site. They come out and they they string them together and run a cable between Mm -hmm. them, tension it up, right? Yeah. take that turn it on the side you know do like legos just stack these blocks and tie them together with a big cable and there you go i, I we're on to something god knows maybe we, we got to do something to supplement our income here at just plain radio maybe that's the ticket okay <laughs> and on that note we'll wrap it up for this week till next time remember there is no better high than learning to fly Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.